Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Centered, Committed, Confident, a podcast dedicated to helping you center your life on Christ, commit yourself to discipleship, and become more confident in the Word of God. I'm Cody Rogers. And I'm Regan Erickson. And I'm Hannah Erickson. And we are continuing uh, part two of our discussion playthrough. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a playthrough, right? Since we're yeah, playing the works. video. Kind of a weird audio, no video thing. Yeah. Of the Beyonce mass. Beyonce mass, part dose. Um, just to catch you up, if you're you know just tuning in for some reason, I, I'd say just go back and listen to last week's before <laughs> you listen to this one. Um, but we are just playing through this promotional video that was sent out in an email from Augustana University. Um, Augustana College? Augustana College. College. Yeah. yeah, Augustana College. I don't know why I said university. Um, it was sent out from Augustana on an event that they're hosting in April, and this is the promotional video that they had linked in it. So we are just playing through the video. Oh, Silas is here. And we are just playing through the video, and we are discussing all the things that are entailed with it. We're trying to speak on it from a biblical perspective and a biblical worldview. And as I, just a quick side note, um, you know, we're going to hit some topics on race. We're going to hit some Mm -hmm. topics on women in ministry. We did last time near the end, and we're actually going to start there again, just to make sure we cover everything we need to. If there's any follow-up that needs to be had, I just want to make sure we cover it well and that um, by shortchanging it, we don't appear to not care about it or um, make sure we have a chance to explain, you know, what we mean when we say something. Sound good? Yep. I like it. All right. Here we go. We live in a world where a mostly male church debates whether or not women should be ordained. Mm. But Jesus chose Mary of Nazareth, a woman of color, and another woman of color, Mary of Magdala, to be the prophet of the resurrection. So what is very clear to me is that God is a lot more comfortable in trusting his power and authority to women of color than the church is. Okay. So that's where we ended last week. We, I think we discussed things like, you know, the part on women of color. Um, and I, I think if I were going to try to, you know, summarize it better on like my stance or like the, the logical issues I see with that in the first place are it, he seems to be drawing out that the motivating factor behind Jesus's choice was that they were a woman of color, right? Or at least mm-hmm. emphasizing it in a way that I don't feel like it should be emphasized, mostly because you don't see that in scripture, you know? Yeah, I agree. Any any further thoughts on that, Hannah? I think definitely in scripture we do see, and we talked about this last week too, that Jesus um, kind of sets a new precedent for the value of women in the culture. Yeah. Um, and whether or not he, I mean, he chose those women for specific things. They had roles that women could only fulfill and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's not because they were women of color. Cause like we said last week, everyone in his area was probably a person of color. Yeah. It wasn't like this big European American culture that we have now. They were in the middle East and his middle Eastern people that he was around. Yeah. And I, I feel like I said this last week and maybe, maybe I didn't, maybe I just thought it, but I, I think I did. Um, just talking about like, if we're just going based on, on color, you know, essentially when, we, when we say color now we mean race, mm-hmm. right. And th- there was, you know, the Jewish race, Samaritans, like these different nations. And, um, and if we were going just based on, on race, 
Jesus, if we talk about who he chose as his personal disciples, would have been racist. Mm-hmm. Right? He would have been racist because he chose only Jews. Um, now we see later that the gospel is carried to the Gentiles. Uh, but that to me, that's where the danger of the logic ah. would, would carry through, right? Is just the uh, idea that that Jesus is choosing someone based on their race, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're just beating a dead horse at this point. But anything else to continue on before I, I, I hit play? All right. Let's hear what's next. This is, uh, I think, her, what was her name? Um, was it Yolanda? I, Yolanda? I, I, Yolanda sounds right. I think it's Yolanda. Yeah. This is her uh, preaching um, at at the Mass itself. Here we go. I've been asked time and time again, why Beyonce? I believe that she reminds us that sometimes you have to do your thing your way. You don't do it on demand. You don't do it for your oppressor. You don't sing when they want you to sing. You sing when God tells you to sing. Never give them your song. All right. Um, we don't need to spend too much time breaking down what she's preaching, per se. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, maybe, I think, let me look. I think there's a little bit more here. Hold on. Beyonce. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's it before she actually gets into some more talking stuff. Um, so what, what do you hear there? What, what are things that stick out to you in, in that moment there that's in the Beyonce mass? And the big thing that I hear, the, the point that's being made is to not, she doesn't want you to hold back your voice, which goes along with a lot of the point of this Beyonce mass is to promote black women voices. And that's kind of the center of the whole, whole topic. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, this issue goes beyond the Beyonce mass. This is something that goes beyond even more. Just, I know that they're talking about celebrating like black women's spirituality, Mm -hmm. um, but the technique that she's using and the way that she's interpreting even scripture or the way that she's preaching um, is in line with a lot of stuff, especially I, like as a worship pastor, I see it a lot nowadays, but this idea of like a, a self-empowerment movement mm-hmm. and it's this, 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 uh, reading the Bible through a self-centered lens or reading, um, scripture or even hearing preaching through a self-centered lens. It's like, I, you know, I always talk about, you hear this a lot. Um, I won't name the church, but you hear this a lot. It's like, you have the power through Christ who strengthens you, right? It's this idea mm-hmm. that, the words might be there, but the emphasis is wrong. Yeah, I and, agree. And the emphasis is on the power that we have, the energy that we have. She said in there, you need to like do it your way, and you need to so- sing when, when God tells you to sing. Um, and it sounds good because she says God, right? Mm-hmm. She says, like, it sounds like you're being faithful to God. But in that statement of, like, you need to do this, and you need to be faithful to God and you need to sing when God tells you to sing, like who's the power actually lying in, in that sentence? Yeah. And that's where I think my biggest struggle with this comes in. I think we'll hear it a little bit later on. Um, she says, she says she's a, you know, she preaches the gospel, but throughout this whole thing, we haven't heard the word Jesus once. And like when it comes down to it, like what our worth is in, it, it's in Christ. And so like a lot of these things, things that we could be talking about have value, have worth, you know, like Hannah's voice as a woman is very valuable in Christ. 
and it, Christ is the emphasis there. First, I think it goes across all these areas. So to, to proclaim these things with that first, Christ in the background, just orients things wrong. And that's where we get to this topic of idolatry. Yeah. And it just, the, the question I want all of our listeners asking, anytime they hear uh, anybody preaching, anytime they hear anybody speaking, is who does it give you a greater view of? Like that's good. Who does it magnify in the message? And when I hear things like that, God is mentioned, but the thing that is magnified is your defiance, your will, your strength, your your faithfulness. Um, and there are ways to say those exact same things, and and giving the listener a greater view of God, right? And just like let's take that statement. For a moment, I, this I really want to push this home. I think this is important because it hits so much more than. I mean, if you, if you're a college student right now and you're listening, this is how this is how it helps you find a church, right? This helps you find this helps you find a faithful preacher of the word. And when you hear a sentence like that, there are ways to go about it that could magnify the Lord, right? Be like, God is the God of all creation. He's the God of the universe. He's the God in whose words have power and have might. And that God is the God that tells you to sing. So when he says it, you do it. And the fact that he says to do it and he wants you to do it is a powerful thing because um, he is giving you the power to be faithful and he's giving you commands. So let's step up to our God's calling and be faithful to sing when we're supposed to sing. Right. And that's to me, that's saying the exact same words or close to it, but it's a completely different emphasis. And its idea is it's giving God the glory. It's magnifying him. It's minimizing us. And it's not making us the hero. It's making us the sidekick. Right? It's making the person that's following the hero yep. and yep. after the hero. Yeah. And I think just to be extra, extra clear, what we're not saying is that women of color shouldn't have a voice. Like we yeah, yeah. Um, are not disagreeing with that statement. Um, but like Cody said, that the emphasis for all of us should be Christ alone, Christ first and foremost. And if we um, start to elevate any part of ourselves, um, no matter our gender or anything else um, above Christ, and we are um, completely misaligning everything that, that the Bible says. I, the way I like to think about it is like, it's because of Jesus that women's voice or black women's voice have, have worth and value. And it's, that's, that's the best thing to lean on for your value. Yeah. I mean, just the idea of who Christ is, how amazing he is and, and how he equally loves black women and that he doesn't treat them different. He doesn't love them different. Like the, uh, the worth and value is found in that equality, right? The the equality of God's love to be poured out among all colors and all people and, the, mm-hmm. and there's ways of talking about these really complicated issues of race um, and and even women and men. And there's ways of talking about this in a way that give God a lot more glory. And, and in God's glory and in God's power, that's where we find unity. Yep. You know, we the church will find unity when we rest in God and who he is and not the things that we think define us apart from him. Yeah, I mean, Revelation is the perfect image of this. It talks of all nations, all tribes, aka all colors, all races, all peoples will be together worshiping the Lord before him. Like, that's just beautiful. Yeah. So just take those principles as you're listening to famous pastors on podcasts, as you're watching them on YouTube and Facebook, 
Um, and, and just be listening to like, when they say something, yeah, it might make you feel good. It might make you feel really empowered. It might even spur you on to greater action, but does it leave you with a greater view of God than when you first showed up? And to me, that that's going to be a tall tale sign of someone that's faithfully preaching the word of God, not Mm -hmm. the, not the word of man. Yep. Do we continue? Here we go. Didn't become Beyonce on her own. I'm not standing in front of you because of anything that I've done. I'm here because of the Mary Nortons of the world, the Daisy Washingtons of the world. These are women whose names you'll never know, but black women who fought to their core to make sure that there was a better tomorrow for those who could stand in front of you and say, as a black woman, I am created in the image of God, and I am here to change the game and make the world a better place. So here's a great example. I'll just tie it into our last statement. Here's a great example of it as well. She said, I'm here because of, and the name two black women of the world, right? And then she said, near then there, I'm made in the image of God. And so the logic stands that the reason she's able to stand there and proclaim that she's made in the image of God is because of the black women that have come before her, which may or may not be true, um, but a better way to state that and a more faithful way to state that would be she's there because God has brought her to a place to be able to do these things, right? Because mm-hmm. God worked in the lives of the people that have come before her in a way that have led her to understand what it means to be where she is and and give her the ability to speak these things into other women. Um, it's just a really, it's like, a, a I want to say self-empowering, very much like not self-empowering just for her speaking, but it's self-empowering for those listening to it, right? It's a, it's a hype message in, in a lot of ways. And I think this is just such a reminder of where, um, reminder that Christians are sinful people and we don't rightfully apply the truth of God, right? So we know from Genesis that all people are made in the image of God, um, regardless of gender or race or anything else that God created each person. And so there is um, value and dignity that's inherent because you are created by God. But we have misapplied this um, for centuries and centuries where, um, you know, oppressing black people and oppressing especially black women. And so I think this is born out of um, misapplication of oppression and then we tend to pendulum swing um and then there's this um yeah just i can't think of the word i'm looking for but just pendulum swing to the other side where um now i want to focus on my specific worth and value and dignity as if it's greater than somebody else's um and it's born out of a place of us failing for so long to treat all people like they're made in the image of God because they are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't know how to, this isn't a super fair illustration, but I think it's definitely the idea that like I have three kids and if I oppress one of them versus the other two, there are things in that child's life that they're going to need to struggle with and understand. Like, no, I am loved by my father. I am I am worth something, right? I am I am loved as a child of God. Like there are things that um, because of the void that they lived in will be stronger voices that need to be spoken into them. And I think what Hannah's saying is sometimes when we slingshot out of that side of things that um, that, that 
lingo becomes the only lingo we speak or the only things that matter, right? Rather than bringing us back up to level ground, we use them to bring them up to the top of a mountain and we elevate them the other way mm-hmm. rather than using them as just a, a place to bring us upon level ground again. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that um, like the women that are here have a very real desire um, born out of a place of oppression that again is very real. And the danger of this Beyonce math is that they're giving them a false solution. That's a very, very real problem that the solution is not um, anything that can be found in a Beyonce song, but it's only found in Christ and it's not found in yourself. And so I think that's the thing that scares me when I see this is that there's a very real problem of racism and there's a very real problem of oppression. And if we try to solve it with the wrong solution, it's just going to make it worse. And I think what I hear from you, Hannah, is black women, we care about you. We love you. Um, and you are valuable. And we understand that the way that you've had to grow up is different than the way that I would have had to have grown up or Hannah would have had to have grown up. We understand that there are things that are different for you because of your skin color. We understand that. Um, and all Hannah's saying is you've been fed the wrong answer, right? Like the, the problem is, is real and certainly it's felt right. Like, the, the extent to the problem, you know, sure, let's go ahead and, and debate that. Even be, even between two black women, they might debate the mm-hmm. level in which them being black has affected them. But let's all agree that it's felt. It's definitely oh, felt. Yeah. And, and, and any concern we have that's felt, there are answers for it in Scripture. And the answer that's being fed right now is not from Scripture. It's not biblically rooted. Right? Would you agree with all that? Cool. All right. I feel good on that. You got anything to add, Regent? No, that's great. Uh, let's keep on going. I think there's not too much left of this video. I am unapologetically a minister of the gospel. I am unapologetically a biblical scholar. And I am unapologetically a Beyonce fan. And I don't feel like I need to apologize for any of those things. Let's start with the patriarchy comment. Down with the patriarchy. Yeah. So <laughs> those those in the bondage of patriarchy, we need freedom, right? That's that's the how that's working, mm-hmm. right? Again, I think this is another one of those slingshot moments where the oppression of gen of women in general was also very real, and there are still some major gaps in our world, in our culture. But again, our solution to all that is not like getting, like ridding the world of men and crushing men. It's not burn it all down to the ground. Yes. No. Yeah. And, and again, I think that's what is being fed to our culture is this false solution that is not rooted in scripture. And it's just going to perpetuate the same problem or just create new problems when Christ is just such a better answer. Yeah. I, I mean, an abusive husband does not mean that marriage is bad, right? An abusive parent does not mean that we shouldn't have parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, an abusive friend does not mean that you should never have friendships. And, and the idea of just, you know, that people, when they say patriarchy, typically the underlying meaning is men domineering over women. That's, typical right it's it's not every definition they give but that's a large one i think that's 
what they're chipping into here a bit. Yeah. Just because there are, have been many instances of men who have abused their power, abused their responsibility, whether they have power given to them by the government or they have responsibility given to them by God, just because there are people that have abused it and men that have abused it does not mean that the idea of male headship or leadership should be just burned down to the ground and does not mean either that we need to level it to where women are in charge, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you don't, you don't burn something down just cause it's broken, right? You don't throw it away yeah. if, if it's something that's been God ordained, you know? Yeah. And, and we should just be clear. We believe here male headship is God ordained, right? If that's a shock to you, then, you know, you might want to start listening to another podcast, but we believe that, um, we're, we're complementarians here. We, we do believe that man and woman have been created equal, but that they have complementary roles to one another and they each have their own duties and purposes to fulfill in this life and in marriage and in the church. Um, and we can hit a whole episode on that someday yeah. because there's a lot of nuance that needs to happen. Because if I say complementarian, there's people that have some trauma to that. Yeah. And and I don't want to feed into that trauma, but that this isn't the time to go into all of it. But I do want to just clarify with that. Um, that does not mean that every woman has to be a stay-at-home mom and, like, raise 12 kids. Like, Amen. you can still be CEOs, and you can still be in leadership roles and have a huge impact in this world, and you should. Like, you should do those things. What we're talking about is primarily in the home and in the function of the church. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't mean that every single leadership role in the entire universe is only for men. It's talking about these specific areas of the home yep. and the function of the church is reserved yep. for men. And then let's find these other areas where God's given us so much freedom to lead and to um, make an impact for his glory. And let's just give our 1,000% to that as women. Yeah, and even to add to that, we're not even talking about every role in the church. right? We're talking about a very limited position in the, in the church. If we're yep. talking about all the available possibilities to serve— um, pastor is just one of them, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and if you want to hear more on this, I once again suggest Mike Winger's podcast. Listen to the very first episode that he just came out with on, on women in ministry, because one of the things that he talks about is the reason that we can't read the Bible on this is this idea of, um, of, you know, if I can't have the top position, then I'm being treated as not valuable. If, if I can't have the best, then I am not as good as you. Um, and he, he explains it way better than me. Don't take me just at that word. Um, but that very first podcast, he does a fantastic job describing how that's one of the issues that causes us to not read the Bible when it comes to matters of women in ministry is because we, we have a, a false logic when it comes to it. Great. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's phenomenal. I can't say it better. What, ha what happened there is I looked at Regent and I was like, do you have anything? And he's like, great. <laughs> and we just watched, you know, she talks about how she is um, a minister of the gospel and she oh, yeah. is a um, biblical, biblical scholar, scholar yeah. and a fan of Beyonce. Again, what we're saying here is that you can't like Beyonce. Like we're not saying that you should never listen to Beyonce's song. Again, it, there is a, problem of idolatry with anything of this world that we value more than Christ. And so if you, um, like I like listening to Taylor Swift music, I know that's going to be high, highly controversial for some people, but if I ever take, um, Taylor Swift as my guide for how to live my life, like I'm not going to be living by biblical means. 
and I'm going to be having um, idolatry in my heart if I put her and her music and what she does above anything of Christ. And that is true for anything that is not Jesus. I thought we need to note that. I agree. Yeah. You know, and I'm just, I just don't really want to touch the first two in the sense of she said, like, I'm a minister of the gospel. Um, I'm a biblical scholar, right? Um, I sit here in my own tradition and say, like, well, according to me, you're not a biblical scholar, right? Because you're not faithfully interpreting the scriptures. And so I wouldn't count you a scholar. Um, in my tradition, I'd say you're not a minister of the gospel, not in the way that you are saying that you are, right? Like we're all mm-hmm. ministers of the gospel, actually. So, but what she means is I'm a pastor. Um, and I, in my tradition, I sit here and say, no, no, you're not. And that scripture actually says you shouldn't be. Um, but the reason why I don't want to dive too much into those is because I also value church unity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is not where I want to take the stand right now. I don't want to take the mm-hmm. stand on. I definitely, definitely, definitely don't want to make the, the comment that every woman that's a pastor is ineffective or um, every woman that's a pastor is um, not valuable and not used by God. Right. Um, I do want to say that I disagree with that. And I think that that's not how God has meant for things to be. And that's not what God tells us. But um, yeah, I think that's all I really want to add to that part of it is that's a, much longer conversation than what we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't want to, there's no reason to disparage for no reason in that. All right. I think we have just a little bit left. This is just like the final interview at the very end of it. Here it is. I think that Yolanda's sermon of knowing when to hold on to the hands that are next to you and, and stand tall and to not give up Those are messages that are not exclusive to just a woman of color experience. Those messages are necessary for everyone. And to use Beyonce and her music as a platform to bring people into the church to hear the message was truly, truly powerful. That's the end. She had some statements there. You want to add to any of those or talk about them? I think we'd just be beating a dead horse with that. Yep. I agree. I think we covered a lot of the, you know, using secular things to recruit for religious events earlier, which is some of the stuff that was cut there or talked about there. All right. Here's what I want to do. Um, Guys, this is a weird podcast to record, and it's a weird podcast to record because, you know, you feel like you're just bashing on something, right? And I never want to do that. I never want to just be the guy that's ranting. Never just want to... Be the guy that's uh, bashing. Um, and I, I think I just want to end this on a on a super positive note and, and say, you know, the point of this is not to um, sit here and critique. The point of this is to help people just open their eyes to the ways that um, our faith can be used to encourage idolatry, the ways that our faith can be used to... Um, even push us towards things that sound like they're godly and aren't. Um, and that's why, it's the exact reason why we need people that are committed to discipleship, discipling one another in the Word of God. We need, we need people confident in the Word of God that they know what God has to say and they know what He reveals about Himself through His Word. And we need people whose lives are centered on Christ, meaning that They are not the main focus of their life, but Christ is the focus of their life. They think about the world through the lens that Christ is real and he is their Lord and their Savior, 
and they listen to things with an ear that Christ should be the center of it all, not man. So that's why we do these things. We're not going to do these mm-hmm. all the time by any means. It just happened to be a current issue. Um, I do really like talking about things, though, and playing a video and talking about it. So maybe maybe we'll do this a bit more often where you know we find some kind of topic or resource and we discuss it. Maybe we play video or an audio clip. Um, I think this is a good little change up too. So if you like this, make sure to let me know if you like this format and this content and we can do more of these things as well. Guys, do you have anything you want to add? Any final statements? Another shout out to, you know, ask us questions. We love answering them. That's true. Yeah. Email me, Cody R at cdbible.org, or you can find any of the leaders on a Thursday night. If you come to our college ministry, Thursday nights at 7 p.m. at Quorum Deo Bible Church. Anna, you got anything you want to add? I just hope that this grows your desire to know God's word more, that it truly has everything we need for life and godliness. And there are so many hard things happening in our broken world. And if we want a good framework for it, that's only found in scripture. And I hope that our community is a safe place for us to process. This should not be processed in isolation either. Like there's a reason why there's three of us in this room, not just Cody sitting by himself and processing this stuff out loud with you. Like we want discipleship to happen in our um, community. And so, yeah, lean into these hard things. And like Regan said, ask questions and let's continue to grow together in God's word. And yeah, for his glory. Amen. Can't add any more than that. Nope. So next week, unless something happens on a listener question, we're planning on heading back into the New City Catechism. Going to start covering uh, God's Ten Commandments yeah. and what those mean for our lives. Called a little bit of a mini series because we'll be breaking them. We'll talk about them all together and then break the next like three or four questions um, up and how they relate to one another. So be looking forward to that. Otherwise, just know we're praying for you guys. We love you. We'll see you next time.